0: On the count of three, I want you to give me a hallelujah as loud as you can. Ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah! Some of you yelled louder than that in the fourth quarter of the game last night at the television. One more time. One, two, three. Hallelujah! Much better, much better, much better. The the idea of rejoicing and stress... Walk together because I would say in that moment, in that moment of hallelujah, stress is not on your mind. Whatever you brought this way in, 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 to church this morning in the way of stress, suddenly left, instantly left at rejoicing. Now, why is that the case? Because it's biblical, because it's, it comes from the truth of the word of God. So, I want us to look today at this text in Philippians 4. Turn there, if you will. Just a very few verses together, but powerful, powerful truth because... Um, in this life, the scripture says you'll have trouble, meaning you're going to walk through some stressful places. There's going to be points at which you wonder what brought the stress about and wonder how in the world you can, you can be alleviated from it. So one of God's remedies as we're going to see in the scripture today is, is rejoicing. Let's look at verses four to seven of Philippians chapter four, Philippians four, four to seven, rejoice in the Lord always I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Four things I want us to see today from this text. The first is this is that rejoicing in stress creates a lifestyle, a lifestyle of stress relief. Rejoicing in stress creates a lifestyle of stress relief. Look at 4 and 5 again. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, Paul is saying here rejoicing is to be a lifestyle, not something we have to be prompted to do when the pastor counts 1, two, 3 on Sunday, but something that sh- should come out of the cracks of our life, out of our conversation and it doesn't have to be loud or exuberant all the time. We can rejoice uh, aside from volume. But he's saying here that it needs to be a lifestyle. And he repeats himself, "Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, he repeats himself because I think he expected the answer like many of us would answer today. Are you serious? <laughs> Surely you're not serious. You don't know my circumstances. You're asking me to, to live and walk in a state of rejoicing you don't know my circumstances. Well, let me, re- let me remind you of the circumstances of Paul. In fact, you can go back to the book of Acts and see that he rejoiced in prison, in chains. He rejoiced in, in, in beatings, uh, the book of Acts says. Rejoiced in being run out of town. Rejoiced in, in his life being threatened on at least five or six occasions. So he found this as a lifestyle to say, listen, Regardless of my circumstances, I know God is good. And here's what he found to be true. I think there's a couple of things here he, finds, he discovers to be true. And, and that's this. One is that God always has a plan. He always has a plan. We talked about that back in the month of July, as you remember. That in, in, in any and every situation, God has designed the, the, what, what you, the, the road you're walking. He always has a plan. And, and Paul knew this. The second thing he knows is that God is bigger than his circumstances. Regardless of how big they are, how how insurmountable sometimes they seem, he is always bigger than Paul's circumstances, and he is ours. So do we always feel like rejoicing? Absolutely not. Uh, It's not a matter of how we feel, but we're told here to rejoice anyway, knowing and believing those two things to be true, that God always has a plan. He has designed everything. And that, number two, he is always bigger than my circumstance. If I know those things to be true, I can live and walk in an attitude and a spirit of rejoicing even in the midst of circumstances that stink, even in the midst of situations that, that seem to have us captive. We can live and walk in a rejoiced lifestyle because I know God always has design and a plan to everything, and I know he is bigger than these circumstances. He's bigger than what I see today and the life I see around me. Now, we can learn to do that as a lifestyle, and it takes some discipline. I'm not saying this is something that's easy. It takes some discipline for us to get there, but when we we learn to walk in that place as a lifestyle, stress is going to take a hike. I promise you that. You're going to find yourself wondering, why was I worried about that? Why was I stressed about this situation so much? When we can walk in in, in rejoicing as a lifestyle, a lifestyle of stress relief. Secondly, rejoicing in stress is a process of prayer. Look at the first part of verse six. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer, by prayer, and I'll be anxious about anything but about every, in every situation by prayer and petition. Pre- uh, rejoicing in stress is a process of prayer, he says, in every situation. Now, this phrase dovetails with, a lot with what we looked at last week in talking about humility. Because contrary to what many believe, prayer is not about getting what we want. It's not even so much about getting what we need. Prayer is about a posture of submission before God. It is saying, our, our prayer is saying to God, I can't, but I know you can. I, I have no ability to, to pull this out. In fact, I don't even understand the, the, the nuances of any of this to, to manipulate enough to, to make this happen in my favor. So only you can do that. Prayer is more about our submission than, than our way, than about getting the things we want or our, our will being done. It says I can't, but he can now. When we can learn to connect prayer to submission, connect prayer to humility, as we looked at last week, we, we can begin to start praying for what, what the will of God is instead of what our wants are. Huge, huge, di- huge, hugely different ways to pray about those things. In, in essence of saying, not what I want, God, but what you want for me. Because I understand your way for me and your will for me is far better than my own. And that's when answered prayer starts to happen. That's when answered prayer starts to happen. When, when our lives start to find direction, that's when stress starts to begin to, to, to wane in our life and, and rule less and less in our lives it's, and stress starts to run and hide. So praying for the will of God is praying against the very things that are stressing us at the same time. You get that? Praying for the will of God in my life is praying against what, what circumstances in my life that are stressing me in the moment simultaneously. That's how prayer works. And that's how, that's that's God's design for how that's supposed to go. So as a lifestyle, that's powerful stuff. When we can learn to pray that way, praying in anticipation of what God is going to do because we're praying for his will. I remember uh, having a conversation with my mom about prayer. She was in her early seventies and I had just done some teaching shortly before that on spiritual gifts. And and as a part of that teaching, um, <clears throat> shared in that teaching that the gift of healing is almost almost all the time in Scripture accompanied by prayer, and so I, I began to kind of push her about that. I was having lunch with her one day. I said, "Mom, have you ever considered that you may you may have the gift of healing?" <laughs> You're crazy son! I don't. Because her concept of healing was yes, and I said no. I'm not talking about somebody getting knocked out in an altar someplace with somebody behind them to catch them. I'm talking about the vehicle of prayer. And I began to to name to her probably five, six people that I knew she had prayed for herself, that God had healed them. And she got quiet on me. Her lips starts quivering. She said, I said, well, I, I didn't mean to upset you. She said, you're not upsetting me. I'm just w- wishing I knew this in my 20s. I, I'd known this in my 20s and 30s. Instead of learn, <clears throat> learning this in my 70s, what my prayer life could have been and, and, and the people that God could have touched, touched and, and possibly healed through my own prayer. And so when we, we can get a concept of God using our prayer in ways that relieves our stress and prays for his will at the same time, what it excites us to pray. We don't pray as a last resort. It becomes our first thought to say, Let me go to God with this. He he knows he's got the design of this. He knows the answer to this. Let me take this and lay it at his feet because that's exactly where it belongs. It doesn't belong in mine. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to make it work. And I can't and I won't because it's God's design to to, to all that's going on in in my life. So when I start praying for God's will, I start praying against the very things that are stressing me at the same time. It's a process of prayer, rejoicing in stress. It's thirdly, it not only creates a lifestyle of stress relief and it's a process of prayer, but thirdly, rejoicing in stress. Is based in gratitude. It's based in gratitude. Look at the last part of verse 6. By prayer and petition, he says, don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. With thanksgiving. So are we supposed to be thankful for th- or thankful that our life is full of stress? No. But we are supposed to be thankful for a couple of things that, one, as we've looked at, God always has a plan and uh, design to our life. Uh, and the second thing is what we saw in verse 5. The Lord is near. See what he says there in verse 5? We can be thankful that the Lord is near. The Lord never leaves us, the scripture says, nor forsakes us regardless of our, our circumstances, regardless of our way our, and where our, where our life finds itself in that moment. He is always there. So sometimes that's all we can see. And sometimes in the middle of stress, that's all we can know to be true is that I know God has a plan and I know God is there. I know he's present. And I know he's about—he's a God of process. When I can learn those two things, it, it is pivotal to my seeing and approaching him in gratitude and say, God, I don't get it. I don't understand it, but I thank you for it because I know you have design and a plan to all of this. So notice this next phrase he says here, to present your request to God, meaning tell him how you feel. Tell him what you're thinking. He already knows it anyway. <laughs> he already knows whether you're ticked at him or mad at him about the, the things that are going on in your life. Voice that to him. God, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I can't see where this is going. I don't see any design to this. I believe you have designed, it. I can't see any of it. And I'm just frustrated. He already knows that to be true. Voice that to him. He's big he's a big boy. He can take it. He can understand as I said because he knows our hearts anyway. He knows what's on our hearts and minds. Let let that go. Let that emotion go. And I think what you'll find at the at the end of that emotional release is he's not going anywhere. And his plan hasn't changed. And his design is not any different than before you voice that because he knows what's best for you even before, even uh, more than we do. So tell him how you feel. Know this though. Go ahead and voice to him. But know this. That God is more interested in your response to stress than your deliverance from it. He's more interested in your response to stress than your deliverance from stress. Why? Because he already sees the end. He already sees what that deliverance looks like. And it's a, uh, He's interested in our response to it. So deliverance is easier for him and and, and, and sometimes uh, for us too. Deliverance is easier for him, and, but, but it's not better for you. And he is always interested in better for you, not easier for you. Those, those are usually on different paths. And better <laughs> is, is what he's up to because he understands this, that at the end of stress, you walk out a more mature believer than at the beginning of it. He knows that and he gets that and he wants you and I to get that as well. So, it's this idea of our response to stress instead of our deliverance from it. He's, he's, he's up to our maturity. A more Christ-like you, in essence, in, at the end of the stress than when it started. So, if you want that too, if you want a more Christ-like you at the end of the, your, your circumstances and situations, then start thanking him for being there in the middle of it. Start thanking him for having designed to it. If you know and believe, if you've had enough knowledge with him to know... When God is up to something in my life, even if I can't see the way, I don't understand his will. When God is up to something, it's for my good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up more like him at the at the end of it than, than, at, than at the beginning. And I know it's by his design. When I know those things to be true, I can start to pray with gratitude and in thanksgiving say, God, I don't get it. And I, I honestly, I'm halfway ticked about it, <laughs> but I still trust you in the middle of it. I know that you know what's best for me better than I do. And I'm walking with you. And so... Start thanking him for the stress he's bringing into your life uh, because he has designed it. Finally, rejoicing in stress creates a lifestyle of stress relief, is a process of prayer, is based in gratitude. But finally, rejoicing in stress, watch this, has a payday of peace. Rejoicing in stress has a payday of peace. Look at verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now we're going to talk a lot more about peace in the month of December. We're focusing more on stress here in November. So peace is coming. Hang on. (laughs) It's the outgrowth of stress. It's the, it's the desired end result of stress. But uh, he says, talks about here a peace that transcends all understanding, a peace, meaning that it's indescribable. It's a, it's hard to put into words. You have to experience it to understand it, he's saying in his passage. I had a conversation uh, fr- on Friday with a neighbor friend of mine that I saw at my aunt's graveside service who said, uh, tell me about your Parkinson's. I learned from a friend that you were diagnosed with Parkinson's last year. And tell me about that. I said, well, it's kind of hard to describe. Uh, you know, I'll be brushing my teeth this hand, be brushing my teeth, this hand will stop. And I got to tell my mind to tell this hand, let's go, let's get going again. Or I'll be shaving, anything, any any repetitive movement, oftentimes this this hand or arm will just quit. So I got to tell my brain to tell the hand, what are you doing? Let's go, let's get. I said, I wish I could describe it to you. It's something that you got to experience to get. He said, I can see that. (laughs) I can understand that. And so that's that's exactly what he's talking about here, peace, to say, Once you experience it, once you've walked in it, you understand it's the desired result. It's the desired end game to stress. Once you've experienced it, it's worth the wait. The peace that transcends all understanding that is indescribable is worth the wait at the end of stress every time, he says here, because we have to experience it to walk in it. It's hard to explain. It's hard to verbalize to someone else. It's, it's a road you have to walk on your own. But when we experience God's peace as a lifestyle, we stop being concerned about our circumstances and learn that they are, ne- they are necessary, is, is, is a necessary vehicle to the desired end of God, that is, his peace and our, our Christ likeness. Uh, it's kind of like watching a, a recorded ball game on your DVR. You already know who, who won the game. You're watching the first quarter, your team's way behind. Gary and I were talking about that before. We, we, we were, well, well, trailing in the game last night against Kentucky in the first quarter. Believing, eventually something's going to click. I mean, we're going, to, we're going to put a defense together to stop this run game of, of Kentucky. And we did, but it's kind of like knowing the outcome at the end of the game and being able to watch your team behind, sometimes way behind, and never stress about it. Why? Because you know the end. You know how the, the, the outcome's going to come out. And so uh, stress in us wins in the end if the desired end is the peace of God that, pre- that surpasses all understanding. It's kind of like uh, the book of Revelation. Revelation is a fast-forward and playback to an already determined future. It's, it's like turning to Revelation. It's like hitting the fast-forward button, stopping and hitting play to what's about to come. And the, end, the story in the book is we win. Not only do we win, we win big, and the enemy loses big. And so why, are we, why do we allow the things of this culture, this world, the menial, the the unimportant things of this world to change the the view we have about the end of the story. And not only just about the end of the story, but the end of our circumstances that are pushing us to a place of greater peace, a place of greater understanding, a place of greater Christ-likeness. If we know that's the end, if we've already seen the end of time or two, we know that's the end, let's push to the end and see that the vehicle that gets us there is well worth whatever we have to endure to get there. But even at the end of your stress, you win. At the end of your stress, if, if the end game is peace with you. Now, notice here also, the peace isn't just a feeling or a state of mind. It's a hedge of protection. He says, this peace of God which trans- trans- transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It, it, this peace puts a hedge of protection around us to keep us from being vulnerable again in that same area, in that same way to the enemy. Why? Because we know his ways. And God's given us a peace about recognizing him and seeing him come the next time. And when we see him come, not here, pal, not there. Uh, I've got a peace that I can can be victorious over you in this way, in this time, in this style, this time, because God has protected my heart from seeing you uh, more clearly the second time around. And so his peace guards our hearts and minds. And friend, that's powerful stuff. It's powerful to understand that a hard place, a set of difficult circumstances, we we, we strive to walk with him and pray with him through those things, praying his will through those things because we know his peace is the desired result. And at the end of the peace is protection from it the next time and and a guard around our heart and around our mind the next time. I want that. I don't know about you. I want it today. I want all I can get of that because that, that sense of protection and guard around my heart and mind leads me to the right choice every time. Every time, if it's unguarded i 'm thinking, you know, I think I can wing this okay, I think I can figure this out, but my mind guarded around the things that I need to see from him or from the enemy, I can see I can see more clear choice and make the better choice every time. so, as we close, if stress is the rule for you instead of the exception, and you have to answer that for yourself whether you, whether stress is a lifestyle for you or whether it's just something you, you uh, some water you wade into every now and then. If it's, if it's the rule instead of the exception, and I can tell you this, it's affecting you whether you know it or not. It's affecting your health. It's affecting your blood pressure. It's affecting your mindset. It's affecting your works. It's affecting your relationships. It's affecting you whether you realize it or not. But if it's the rule instead of the exception, I want to encourage you to try rejoicing about what God is up to. About the stress? No. Rejoicing about what God is up to in the stress and through the stress. What is it? It's our peace. And it's, it's, it's his hand of protection around us. That's what he's up to every time. You think, well, this, this stress I'm walking through, it doesn't point to that. Trust me and trust him. That's what he's up to every time. So he's saying, Tim, I'll leave out here with the same stress I brought. And the only thing I'm supposed to add to it is a Hallelujah. Maybe, if that does it for you. <laughs> well, what you are to add to it is this understanding that that it, it, is, it is from a heart of gratitude that I see God coming my way, that I recognize the enemy coming my way. It's, it's from a heart of, of gratitude that I, I see his purpose and design for all of that. It's, it's that I've, I've prayed through this. I've prayed through the will of God. And I understand this, this idea of grat- gratitude takes me to a place of peace and a place of protection. If I see God's process... I'm far less distressed about the present circumstances I'm walking through. Why? Because I see God's process. If I see his hand, it's far easier to take mine off of this and say, okay, let's let him work this out because he knows exactly what he's doing better than I do. If I can't see his hand, if I can't see any of these things, and the key to seeing them is, is learning to rejoice in them, but if I can't see them, I'm walking on my own. and He'll, let it, he'll I'm going to tell you, he will let you go on your own as long as you want to until you get to the end of you and see him. But but if I can take myself and my, my mind and my, my solutions out of the equation and see his way and trust his hand, peace is, is the outcome and protection is the outcome of that. And who of us doesn't want that? Who of us, who of us doesn't want to see a, a process distress that says, the deeper things in me can only be learned there? And we'll tell you that's true. The more your life is clicking, the, the, oftentimes the shallower your root system is with him. The more your life isn't working and the more stress that, that you, you find yourself in, the deeper your roots seem to grow. And the deeper place and walk and understanding and maturity you find in your, in your relationship with him, that is true. Every, it's been true every time in my life. I, I dare say it, it would be true every time in yours. The harder places reveal the deeper side of him that you can only see from the harder place. I want that. I don't know. Whatever it takes to get there, I want that. I hope you do.